Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And tonight we're gonna get real with the Oregon legislature. Uh, last night we talked with some folks in Douglas County who are uh, the tyranny group. Um, and they, uh, we, you got a lot of you guys watch that. <laughs> and it's going, it's going all at thousands and thousands of people. Because what I like about this is you guys are interested. Um, I think it's um, a lady, I had a woman call me today and she said, you know, Rick, I've never been into politics, but I'm watching what you guys are doing because I need to be involved because I think that's why we're where we're at is because I haven't been involved. And that's the problem in Oregon. If you look at the registered voters in Oregon and then how many people don't vote at all, aren't even registered to vote. And after what we've been going through and some of the stuff that's going on, I think everybody, I don't care if you're a Democrat, an independent, a non-affiliate like me or Republican, Green Party, Pacific Party, Family Party, whatever. You need to be involved in these conversations. You need to do your homework, not listen to what your party's telling you and find out what's going on. So what we're trying to do here is just give you more information and then you can do what you need to with it. Our show is sponsored by Cobra Grid Car Wash. Remember, it's never a bad day for a car wash, <laughs> even in Eugene, Oregon. I told Renee, you know, we're getting so much flack from COVID if, if I don't have a mask on at the car wash. So I said, why don't we just do it this live stream way for a while until we get out of this situation and we'll move on from there. So I was I heard about a couple of House bills that um, by a, that were introduced by a local um, representative, uh, Marty Wildey. And uh, I have been talking to folks about them, but I hadn't said anything publicly. And then all of a sudden you guys started hammering me with information and questions and going, why aren't we talking about this and blah, 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 blah. So tonight we are gonna talk about this with um, J.L. Wilson from the Oregon State Chamber of Commerce. And uh, he follows these bills. Here he is, J.L., you're becoming like a regular now. <laughs> this is the second time on the show. So you, you, know, you have your hands in this and you're watching this kind of stuff. Um, let's start with House Bill 2238. Tell folks what it is, what it'll do and why you're concerned about that. Well, House Bill 2238 um, basically gives um, the governor or the government, whatever, carte blanche to use uh, property during an emergency uh, without compensation. And the, 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 the language is that um, uh, an owner of property that is used or possessed only temporarily is not entitled to compensation except as the owner may prove entitlement. And, you know, the, the problem with this is um, I think a lot of small businesses have felt like their uh, businesses have been co-opted uh, by the state government at this time uh, under the auspices of an emergency. Um, we've talked about it um, uh, and we are proceeding uh, uh, using a class action lawsuit as a mechanism to uh, seek compensation for these companies, these businesses. And 2238 would probably undercut that. Uh, totally, it would it would likely uh, you know deny our day in court and preclude us going forward from having uh, our day in court if if the emergency powers are used in this way again. So so twenty two thirty eight would make it so that it basically you can't go after that right right now. What does the law say? And this is what you guys are doing as the chambers of commerces of Oregon. You're going and filing this civil suit. And what does this say to people? This gives businesses the opportunity to say, wait a minute, um, you forced me to shut down. You got to pay me back for that. Yeah. And so there is a compensations clause, a takings clause in ORS chapter 401 
And I alluded to it in our last interview before I think we were ready to proceed uh, with, with the class action. But it, it basically entitles um, uh, business owners, uh, well, at least we think business owners, whose personal or pro um, uh, personal property is taken, uh, personal or real property, to uh, make a claim uh, for compensation for the takings of that property uh, during the course of an emergency. And so, you know, we're not arguing the government's ability to uh, declare an emergency and, and shut down businesses, but we are saying if that is the decision, then compensation needs to be part of the equation because right now, clearly as it's happened over the past year, um, it can be done without consequence. So property is, can, can include then your business, your finances, your, that's what you're arguing. We are arguing that that is considered real or personal property. Yes. So who's in this lawsuit or right, the civil suit right now? You have how many people, three involved? Well, just realize you only need a handful um, to, in essence, create a demand to the state, which you saw on our website and that we've, we've been pretty uh, uh, outspoken with. And those companies are, they're, they're courageous. I mean, they, they have basically put themselves out there to kind of be the tip of the spear on this claim. Now, if we get um, a favorable initial ruling, uh, then the formation of a class will start to happen. And some, a question that I get a lot is, you know, how can I take part in the class? Well, for all of the um, classes of businesses that are articulated in the demand letter, um, you'll automatically be in the class. In fact, you'd have to proactively opt out uh, once the class is formed. And sometimes people opt out because they think, uh, you know, they can do better on their own, um, you know, whatever. But uh, I, I think I just want to reinforce the, the, the point that if we get initial uh, favorable rulings, uh, uh, then the, the class begins to be formed and you would actively have to be opted out of the class. So what is the message you're trying to send to the governor and the state and, ma and mainly the legislature, I guess, is um, from, from businesses around Oregon? Well, the, the, they need to be made whole, just as there's been an effort to make whole uh, everybody else across the you know, depth and breadth of our society. And we've, we've said this, um, our employees have been forced into a, a dysfunctional unemployment system uh, big businesses are now, um, uh, they don't have to worry about small business competition. Um, our public employees, for the most part, are fully paid. Um, there have been uh, added, um, you know, extended uh, unemployment benefits uh, for those that took the, the, the pandemic um, uh, unemployment. So there, there has been a real effort to try to make people whole throughout this process, except for Right, right. If you are a small business and the state said you cannot operate and I don't I don't think we're trying to send a message to anybody other than they need to be made whole too, and making them whole needs to be part of future decision making as it relates to uh, how the state treats small businesses in instances like these, because I've said this is not this is going to happen again. Um, it's it's crystal clear to me. And, and you were saying, I, I heard you talking to Bill London this morning on the radio, but you're talking about um, this is what the, this is what it says in the law. 
that if you're going to if you're going to do this to their property, you have to compensate them. And and, and I, I love when I hear as a small business owner, because I have a dog in the fight and you, you try to get your PPP and everybody go, well, you, you can get a PPP. <laughs> Those are people who haven't had to apply for a PPP. It's not like a, a piece of cake. And it's you. there's so much that goes into finding and, and getting the proof for this. It's like a full time job to do it. It is. And it was the, the PPP. I mean, the difficulties were if you were shut down, you did not have employees to retain and you, you had to show retention of those employees at um, no less than 80 uh, percent of, of what you were paying them previous to the uh, pandemic. And so and at the same time, the government uh, sort of sweetened the pot for emergency unemployment benefits. They were given an extra, I think it was $600 a week at that time. And it was more, it was more advantageous to take unemployment. So if you were an employer uh, seeking to retain those employees for purposes of getting a PPP loan, I mean, you're just out of luck. So, so as long as we're talking about PPP loans, um, there's a house bill 2253, also Marty Wildy bill um, introduced it, sponsored it. Uh, it, it, it taxes, <laughs> <laughs> it taxes my PPP. Yeah, so I don't know where this came from. And um, and, and so the, the taxing of, of PPP, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, Tell I, I people what it does. Tell it kind of what, what, what it what Well, if, if I recall, the bill basically said if, if you were, um, if you actually had, uh, if your business was leveled out, or you, you did not see a, a decline in your business, but it stayed the same, or people might have done better. All I know is that in, in those instances, um, then your PPP would have, would have been uh, levied a surcharge against it. And I think it was somewhere in the five to 10% range in this bill. And, you know, I think just speaking of as someone, you know, when, when the pandemic came and, um, you know, all hell broke loose in March, I mean, none of us thought anything but the worst. Um, we thought we were all gone. Uh, right. We lose clients, um, that, that disposable income would completely dry up business. I mean, so to, to tax somebody for a PPP loan, even if you battled through that and were able to maintain some level of parity, I, I think is a, is a terrible message. I mean, when we applied for PPP, when people applied for it, uh, we had no feelings whatsoever that we were going to do well in 2020 or have a fighting chance. Right. It was a Band-Aid. It was like something to help you get through that. And, and now we're being offered it again. And it's the same kind of thing. Uh, Tom Hunt says the insanity never ends. Ta take taxing from business. Businesses going broke. How is that any good? Um, Josh says, I'm concerned about unemployment, small businesses. My concern is I may understand which could be wrong. The bill states that the government can come onto my land home as they see fit and use it at their discretion without any sort of explanation. Is that true? Well, it just says they, they, they it, it, your, your real or personal property can be used quote unquote temporarily uh, without uh, requiring compensation from the government. Um, I don't know what temporarily means. Um, 2020, I guess is temporary. I, I simply don't know. I don't even think it's worth venturing into that territory. You just don't want it to happen. So in terms of what can people do about these bills that come up? I mean, I heard um, on, on London's show this morning that uh, uh, Representative Wildey also uh, put out a, a, a bill to uh, 
make it so that plant-based foods, which I'm great, you know, are in prisons and uh, retirement homes, but it would also make it so that they can't have bacon, ham, and other processed meats. And it's like, you know, it's like, how, do, do people just, do a whole bunch of bills just come shoving in right at the beginning of the legislature? And, and how do you, know, do many, many of these make it? And, and but kind of talk about that a little bit, JL. Sure. So on the first day of session, uh, we had 1800 bills introduced um, on day one. And so, you know, people like me, you know, we're, we're tasked with going through all 1800 um, to uh, look for potential impacts to clients, um, the, the people who basically pay us to look out for their interest in, in the legislative process. Um, you know, we were rumored to have over 3000. And I don't know where all these bills would come from, you know, in a pandemic setting. It, it really makes no sense to me because um, there was so much focus on, uh, you know, trying to distribute aid. Then you had the wildfires that uh, led to a bunch of other related issues. And so, you know, the legislature at that point wasn't exactly an idea factory for all these things that we saw dumped on us on day one. So, you know, do most of these bills make it? No, I, I would say on average, maybe 25 to 30 percent of all bills introduced ultimately end up making it through the process. So, you know, on a on a 3000 bill session, which is a little light for a session, you, you could usually count on a thousand bills passing in some way, shape or form. But how important how important is it that people get on top of these right away? And what can what should they do? Like the audience out here, the viewers, what should they be doing? Well, the first thing, uh, you know, there's there's kind of two steps. You, you find out who the sponsor is and express, you know, either your, your support or your displeasure. I mean, that, that's kind of the first, because if you put your name on a bill, particularly as a chief sponsor, I think it's assumed that you're sort of a driving force behind that concept. Um, the second thing is every bill is going to be assigned to a committee. Um, it's at that point, if you've got uh, a real point of view on that bill or experience or something to lend to the process, you need to get in touch with the committee. And you can do that either because every committee has a roster, they all have email addresses and you can kind of uh, either group email or to call whatever, however you want to communicate. And every bill, uh, if it's heard is, and it comes up for public hearing, then the legislative uh, information system allows you to actually submit written testimony and it even can come in the form of email that uh, gets posted on that bill's individual page. Every bill has an individual page on the legislative website and then you can click into it and you can see all the uh, testimony that has, has gone into that bill. And you know, those are a couple of useful steps that you can use to just interject into the process. So you do this, you kind of follow this stuff like, you know, it's a, a sport and a job. <laughs> what do you, um, what is the biggest caution that you would offer to Oregonians as we go into not only a wildfire um, ravaged state, uh, now we're going into a legislative session, so we're, we've survived a wildfire, we're surviving, you know, most of us, the pandemic, uh, the economy's blown to hell, um, people are wondering if they're going to save their businesses when you're sitting there with legislators and watching this, what, what, what do we, what do we pay attention to the most? Well, for me, I mean, I mean, I'm a, um, I mean, I'm a business lobbyist, so I'm going to pay attention to any bill that has an impact, uh, top line, bottom line, cost structure, any of those things 
on how a business operates. So I'm, I'm naturally going to have an orientation for that. If you're out in, you know, in the public among your viewership, it's really hard to separate fact from fiction. Um, you know, rumors spring up about bills. I'm, I'm amazed even, you know, one week into it, just uh, what, uh, you know, what the buzz is about certain things. And, and you know, I, I can either affirm or, or dissuade you, but, but the, the realize it's really hard to do from a distance. So I think that I would, what I would do is just, you know, click in with somebody you trust, um, you know, who has, who has their ear to the ground and, and can tell you fact from fiction. It can save you a lot of grief um, if you're really bought into something that's really not true. Or conversely, it can clue you into uh, ways that you can be impactful or uh, be constructive in the conversation. So I would really, you know, whether it's a trade association, your chamber of commerce, like we, we try to give our chambers of commerce um, real-time information on bills and a real analysis of whether we think that they're actually real or not. And if so, um, what direction we think it will go because, you know, a bill gets introduced and it could change 25 times uh, before it hits the governor's desk. And so, you know, usually we're privy to all that. So, so it's, pretty, it's pretty important that people are connected with something, some service organization. That's where, I mean, I get all this, a lot of information from Springfield or Eugene Chambers of Commerce. If, if people, and, and there's more of a calmness there, you know what I mean? It's not, I think, Bonnie and, and Brittany are really good at sorting through the information so that you know they're not going to hype it up. Um, but on, on on this Senate bill, 2238 and, and 53, Vani was pretty concerned about those when I contacted her. So it, you're going to. So that's why I, 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 I kind of geared into those, two. But that, that's a great place to go or someplace like that, because they're going to be more in tune and in touch with people like you who can give them information. Yeah. So on bills like, you know, 2253, uh, the, the first real deadline of the session is going to be March 19th. And that, that is the deadline that basically says if, if that bill is not posted for a committee vote by that time, then it's, it's dead. And so th that's going to be your first deadline where bills start to fall by the wayside. Um, and you get to, you get to get a feel for, you know, what, what potentially could move or not. You get to focus your attention a little bit. So people really should write the, the in this case, it would be uh, Marty Wildey representative, but also your representative, whoever that is, and, and express your concern. And I always try to tell people it's really important the tone of your note. Um, sure. You know, you know? Yeah, I mean, th this is, I mean, I guess this is one of the reasons why I'm suited for this profession, because I, I've gotten more dispassionate over the years, uh, even though I have intense feelings about these bills. Um, you know, you you should not labor under that burden. You should be as um, you know intense and emotional about those things as you want. But the, the reality is, when you when you talk about them to a, a legislator, um, you know it, it really behooves you to be cordial, uh, likable, and to be you know seen as someone that you can work with. It, that is extremely important because um, you know I've noticed candy emails get round filed. Uh, people that um, are really sort of inflammatory and, and you know, really get vitriolic, uh, they tend to be discarded too. If you want to be taken seriously, you need to act like a, an adult. 
And we all can remember, at least as a journalist, I always remember the certain people that came to every county commissioner's meeting would get up and do their little bitch session. And nobody, after a while, your ears, you didn't, you didn't even listen anymore. You know what I mean? When you, there's such a thing as a clamoring symbol, I think is what they used to call it. And, and you don't pay attention after a while. You have to be someone who's working with people. And, 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 and God, that's what we need so much in Oregon now is Republicans, Democrats, independents, non-affiliates, um, everybody working together and not freaking out over stuff. Well, I do agree on the not freaking out over stuff. Um, you're going to be better served if you keep your head about you and able to articulate your view um, calmly and, and cordially. I, that's just that, that will just get you miles. All right. J.O. Wilson, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and uh, talking to us about this, getting people a little bit more informed and in what's happening. Sure. All right. We appreciate you, man. Keep doing the good work. Bye. See you later. All right, you guys. So there you go. That's what those two bills are about. Um, as he said, uh, don't freak out, <laughs> be involved. I think that's what we got to learn in this whole um, climate that we live in right now. And, and I'm learning it too. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not telling you, you know, oh, here I am sitting in my high horse ivory tower with my train behind me. Um, we're all learning this as, as we go. Uh, we have, it, it's the, the fine line between being involved and, um, and getting over, uh, burdened by it. So we all have businesses to run, we have families to raise, and we have communities to care about and be concerned about. So put them in the proper priority, be paying attention to this, write your letter, be kind, do your thing, and then watch these people to see what else they're doing. But then go love on your family and then go take care of your community and make sure your business is operating. Um, and I would highly recommend that you get a hold of your chambers. If you're not a member, you can join or you can just talk with them, but find out what they're, they're in tune with this stuff. So they know what's going on. And, um, yeah, I think we, we're all in this, you know, we can, we're not all in this together, but we're all in this. So let's figure out how we're going to do it. And, uh, I just like seeing that you guys are getting involved. Um, I spent a lot of years in the news business and I watched people bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch and never do anything. Um, it's after the meeting was over and the, the decision was made, they'd come out of the woodwork and it was like, where were you before the decision was made? So anyway, that's where it goes. I'm Rick Dancer. This is Get Real with Rick Dancer, again, sponsored by Cobra Road Car Wash. <clears throat> you guys, please go, pay, you know, you take care of our sponsors so we can continue to do the good work that we do. Um, we can't do it without them. So if you need your car washed, go get it washed at Cobra Car Wash. Of course, tell them that you're there, <laughs> that we're there and let them, you know, let them know. I already had three phone calls today from people who saw our shows yesterday and they want to become sponsors just because they like that we're bringing out another voice. Not everybody likes that. That's okay. This is what we're doing. All right. Have a good evening. I'm going to, do a little more work and then get the heck out of here and go home. Have a great day. Oh, and be sure and listen to it. If you if you know people that are into podcasts, we have a podcast now. It's just Get Real with Rick Dancer. They can go find all these things put on there as well. Okay? All right. Have a good, And it's on YouTube as well. See you later. And Instagram. Is there anything else? <laughs> all right. See ya. Have a good night.